like, we'll give you some golf balls if you'll post about it. And I was like, perfect, I have no money, so <laughs> I can't even pay for like tees or golf balls or, cause it's really hard transition from being, you know, a D1 athlete on a full ride scholarship to then being in the real world and not really, you know, we were provided with golf balls and shoes and tees and a place to practice and play. And then all of a sudden you're out on the real world and you don't have anything anymore. And you're like, how am I gonna afford this? Plus my rent, plus food, plus all of this stuff. And so and they were like, we'll give you golf balls. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> Paige Sporanek is a self-described social media influencer, but she's not the only one saying that, trust me. Her followers, friends, and business partners agree too. She has 2 million Instagram loyalists and accounts on seven different social platforms. It's an interesting conversation. We explore Paige's full-time employment, creating content, building audiences, and looking for smart ways to monetize those relationships. We dig into finding your voice and tone, the challenges along the way, and teaching brand partners how to stay authentic to her fan base. We also touch on cyberbullying, which is relevant to many and important issue in today's times. Here's Paige. Kind of a weird story. I like it. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, so I had inst- like social media just like everyone else did. And then th- during my senior year of college, I started to get cyberbullied by this group of girls on campus Mm. and so I was like I'm deleting social media I don't believe in it I hate it like I don't want to deal with this anymore and so I was like okay this is stupid I'm I'm missing out and so I got it back maybe a couple months later and I said I'm only gonna post golf stuff because no one can make fun of a golf swing and I just started that's all I was doing was posting golf stuff and uh, maybe like a couple months later, someone found my Instagram account, wrote an article about it, and it literally went viral in like a week. And when it went viral in a week, were you thinking, I'm not sure why or how the heck do I take this and turn it into something much greater? I sat in my room in the fetal position and I cried because <laughs> I went from having like 500 followers to almost 200,000 in a couple of days. And wow. I just was like, yeah, like I didn't know what to do. This was really intense. I was also going through a really weird period in my life where I didn't know what I wanted to do and I didn't have any money. And I at the time I wanted to play professionally. And so I was just at a crossroads and this was just like super overwhelming for me. Um, especially since I'm a pretty like introverted person. I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm really scared right now. Everyone's reaching out and I was getting a ton of emails from different companies and people. And with that, like maybe a week or so I talked to my parents and they're like, Hey, maybe you can use this to, you know, help fund your golf career because I didn't really have any financial backing and I was doing everything on my own. I was like, yeah, like we'll, we'll see how it goes. And it just kind of snowballed from there. Mm. So really, within a couple weeks, you were already getting calls from brands saying, hey, help promote, endorse, put hashtag ad, do whatever it takes. Yeah, I was like, hey, like, we'll give you some golf balls if you'll (laughs) post about it. And I was like, perfect. I have no money. So (laughs) I can't even pay for like tees or golf balls or because it's really hard transition from being, you know, a D1 athlete 
on a full ride scholarship to then being in the real world and not really, you know, we were provided with golf balls and shoes and tees and a place to practice and play. And then all of a sudden you're out on the real world and you don't have anything anymore. And you're like, how am I going to afford this? Plus my rent, plus food, plus all of this stuff. And so they were like, we'll give you golf balls. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. Do you, <laughs> I'll post. That's so funny. Do you remember where it was, were golf balls the first thing that somebody gave you for a post or was it something else? I can't remember exactly what it was. I do remember Callaway being the first big company to reach out and wanted to do some work with me. And I was really excited about that, especially since I went to San Diego state and they're based in Carlsbad. And so I kind of knew the people at Callaway and I was like, Oh, perfect. Maybe I can get some new clubs. I haven't had new clubs in a while. And, um, they were really great, but they were the first big company to reach out and be like, Hey, like we're doing some new digital media work and we'd love to work with you. And, um, they were, it was a good start for me and kind of, they were so helpful in kind of introducing me to digital media work and they were super patient because I've never done any like on camera work before either. Like that was something that was so new to me and all of it was just kind of thrown at me so fast. And so to work with them and they were so patient and so kind and just kind of helped me and <laughs> held my hand along the way. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to get into that second because I think that's so interesting about finding your own voice and on camera and writing things in your own message. But go, I want to go back to the first thing you said about being cyber bullied on campus and then removing your account or being, let's call it dormant for a few months. What, what was it that um, made you say enough of those girls, I I'm going to go back and do this. I, it's not silly, but I, I, I can do this. I think I just, social media is so a part of our lives and I just, I missed it. Like I missed seeing what my friends were doing. I missed being connected to people. And it's just, you almost feel like you're an outcast or on the outside looking with, cause you don't have it. And so I just wanted that connection again with my friends who, you know, maybe weren't in the same state as me, or I wanted to share, you know, document my senior year for family that were interested in what I was doing. It's just so easy to connect with people that way instead of, you know, like picking up the phone and be like, Hey, how's your, you know, what's going on in your life? What are you doing? It's just really easy to post a picture and they're like, Oh, well, she, you know, she just did this or did that. And so I was just, I was kind of sick of it. I was over it. I didn't want people to, you know, dictate what I was doing, but I, I still censored everything that I was doing. I was like, I'm not going to post selfies or anything that other people can make fun of. I was just going to do golf stuff. Little did I know that you can make fun of a lot of golf things too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then as this thing blew up and you had a couple hundred thousand followers and growing and Callaway jumps in and as you mentioned, had not done on camera work or, or figuring out your own message. How, how did you learn? Like, who did you learn from? Were you following other accounts or how did you start to get your own voice and feel comfortable with sharing things in your own tone? I think the fact that I wasn't polished and I never wanted this to happen to me, like I never even, so I was a communications major and we had to do public speaking and there were a lot of um, girls guys in the class who wanted to do, you know, on camera work and they were so comfortable and so great in class. And I was the person who would like say a word and run out of the class that I was going to throw up. Like mm. I was so, <laughs> so terrible at it. And I actually had a professor reach out to me recently and he was like, what the heck happened? <laughs> <laughs> you were so bad at public speaking. I was like, I know, but I think 
that's what made people connect with me because I didn't have any formal training. I didn't have a team around me being like, this is what you should or shouldn't do. So I was just talking. I was just doing what I wanted to do. And I think people connected with that because I, I'm very open. I'm very honest. And I think throughout my entire career, I've had a lot of ups and downs and I, I share all of that. And I think sometimes I've had people say like, Hey, you shouldn't be so vulnerable or you shouldn't be so emotional. And I've, I've never really listened. I just kind of do what I want to do. And I think that's really helped because people see that I'm a real person mm. and I'm authentic to who I am. And I think that's why I have such a big following now because they connect with me on such a deeper level than just, you know, like, Hey, I'm on a private jet. This is cool. They're like, Oh wow. Like she's literally having a mental breakdown. Like I am too. <laughs> like we could connect on this. Well, it's funny. And this is, I mean, we're in this, I don't want to call it YouTube era. I guess I would have said that five years ago or 10 years ago, but it, it became not only okay to not be polished, but mm-hmm. it's, it's real. It's authentic. It's not everybody does have a $25,000, you know, high end TV camera. You, you shoot with your phone, you, you just do what feels right for you. So I get that. I mean, it's kind of right place for all of that stuff. Now, Instagram we talked 500 people to 200,000 to almost 2 million. So we'll get to that in a second. When, <laughs> when did you jump on? I think you're on Snap. Are, are you on other platforms? Are you on TikTok now? Do you, do you have, a, do you have a, a name on everyone or do you really just focus on Insta and maybe Snap? I, so Instagram is my main platform um, where I have the most followers. I focus mostly on that. Um, I have YouTube as well, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Snapchat and also TikTok, but I use Snapchat and TikTok more as just like a fun creative outlet where I just post whatever I want. And Instagram and YouTube is, it's every platform kind of has its own purpose. And so Instagram is just easy to update people really quickly. YouTube is where I do longer form, more informative, um, golf tips, more where I'm speaking and people get to know me a little bit deeper. Twitter is just, you know, easy, quick thoughts, mostly really stupid, useless information. (laughs) And then Snapchat, it's just like, if I'm just bored and I just want to take a picture of myself, I'll just like put it up there. So there's always something for each platform. And and have you gotten caught up in this craze of TikTok? I mean, really, just like all these (laughs) platforms, they've, it's certainly come out of nowhere in the last 12 months. I'm obsessed with it, um, but I feel so guilty using it because the demographic is so young. And so I'm like scrolling through videos and I'm like laughing. I'm like, this is weird. This kid's like 14. So <laughs> it's it's definitely different. But I, I think people are most creative on TikTok. Like the videos are so funny. They're so creative. And so I'm trying to get more into that. But I like you just have to put so much time into it. And I'm already putting so much time into like my YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter that it's hard to then be like, okay, I have to do, you know, TikTok on top of it. Um, because the videos are so completely different than anything you would put on YouTube or Instagram. And I think a lot of people don't realize being a social media influencer. I think they think it's like kind of a joke. And when you say that they're like, Oh yeah. Okay. Like what do you actually do? But it's a full-time job and you have to always think of content. You're constantly engaged in what's going on in your phone, what do you need to do? And each platform 
you have to think about what is like, what should go on that. And it's like constantly, you're just like, okay, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do that. And it's stressful. (laughs) Where do you, where do you continue to learn about each of those platforms and the right cadence and relevance and timing? Is it just the people you're following or there's certain people or uh, celebrity influence or just friends that you follow and kind of, I guess, take inspiration from? Yeah, I think it's just everything around me. I look at certain influencers that I really like and I'll look at their content and see how they're creating it. Um, But it's hard because you never want to pick up on what they're doing because that's what's authentic to them and you have to make it authentic to yourself. And so if you start to pick up their cadence or how they edit or how they talk, then you're not you're not being yourself anymore and you're probably not going to end up growing. So it's this weird balance of being yourself, but also trying to improve and learn and get better. But you never want to like copy someone else because then, I mean, people are pretty smart and they can pick up if you're being true to yourself or not. Yep. And when you post something on Insta and you get a ton of fan reaction, how, how much time are you spending scrolling through those comments? And are you reacting to them, the positive or negative ones, and starting your own conversations, kind of call it a, in the flow of that? Hours. <laughs> I spend <laughs> I spend hours. So I'll post and I usually set a time where I can just sit down and only focus on my phone and what I'm doing. So I'll sit down and I'll read through almost every single comment wow. and I'll respond to as many as I possibly can. I think something that sets me apart is that I have that fan connection where I really take the time to know my followers, where do they live? What do they like? Um, I want them to know that they're talking to me personally and not just someone who's running my account. So I run all of my accounts myself. And so I want to take the time and I want to connect with them because I wouldn't be here or doing what I'm doing without their support. And so if I can take the time to respond back to a nice message, I'm going to do that. And even a negative message too. Like if I post something and there's a negative reaction, I want to know why Hmm. I want to know why they don't like it because I'm not going to post that again if if they don't like it. So it's really important to see the reaction right off the bat and see like what they do, like what they want to see more of. Are they happy with this? Do they think it's funny? So I take the time, a lot of time to really base my content off of what they want to see. Yeah, I get it. And if that's, and as you mentioned, just the words of social media influencer, this is a full-time commitment. So looking at those comments are, it's just audience feedback to the clients that you're serving every single day, right? Exactly. Yeah. Do you notice when you are looking at comments or responding on different platforms, do you notice if it's the same person that's engaging or it's different different types of people? Can you tell that? Yes. Yeah, usually, I mean, there's pretty good crossover. Um, I know most of the people who are pretty active and engaging. Um, so I know like their names, I know where they live, like, because we've just had this connection for the last almost four years. And so it doesn't even feel like just a follower anymore. It feels like a friend. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah but it is different on each platform. I would say more of my older audience is more active on Facebook. And then the most crossover is probably on Twitter and Instagram where I see the same people kind of responding back and forth. Hmm. 
And business partners, I know you've got some work with 18 Birdies and Troon Golf and Myrtle Beach Golf Tourism Solutions. How, how when you're interacting with them now, what, what they're certainly asking you, they want your audience and to create some great content amongst other things to reach your audience. What do you enjoy most of that? Of that, What's the hardest or finding your own voice for different brands? I guess the whole process of, of interacting with partners. It's been very difficult and I've learned a lot. Um, I've had a lot of really awesome partners like the ones that you mentioned and they are so great because they understand that my specialty is social media. And so they hired me to do my job and they never intervene in what I need to be doing. And that's why they're so great. And if they let me, if they have all their trust in me to do a great job, I know I can help them. And it's great partnership where we run into some issues is when one, they either want me to sell a ton of product, Mm -hmm. which I'm not supposed to do. I'm a brand ambassador. I don't sell product for you that's your job (laughs) or if they want to control the content Mm -hmm. and I think this is really important for all brands when they want to work with an influencer you have to find someone who you like you like their content because they're not going to want to change their content for you and you can't tell someone how they say something how they want to say a certain thing because their audience is going to see through that right away it needs to be authentic to the influencer and so brands need to notice that right away and just because they have a large audience doesn't mean that they're going to either sell a ton of things or there's going to be a positive um, relationship if you guys aren't on the same page right off the bat. It's amazing the era not too long ago but when most of brand endorsement before social which was a TV commercial or a PR day and it was on a TV commercial here's your script don't change a word and here's a PR day, and here are the three sentences we want you to say. Put a little bit in your own voice, but these are the three sentences. How we're 180 degrees different now, where it has to be from you. Because your, your yeah. audience doesn't want the brand message. That's where the brand, that's their own advertising campaign. They want, this is the page campaign, and you're just supporting a partner. Yeah. And I think a lot of brands are still kind of stuck in their Mm. ways of they don't really know how social media works, but they want that younger audience. So they're trying, but they're not fully into it. So they will just give you like, this is what you need to say. You have to say it this way or we're going to have problems. And, and, you know, that's where you kind of get that clash instead of being like, do what you want. You have to hit these key points, but create the content you want to create. And that's where it's most successful. Like with Myrtle Beach Golf, I, there do whatever you want, like post what you want do what you want, say what you want because they want it to be authentic to who I am. And my followers now, like they're always asking questions about Myrtle beach because they know I love Myrtle beach. Another thing too, is you can't promote a product you don't believe in. And I think sometimes my agent gets mad at me because he'll come to me with this amazing deal. But if I don't fully hundred percent use the product, agree in the product, can promote the product, I'm not going to promote it. And I think that's really important to, you have to know the product inside and out. You have to know everything about it. You have to love it and you have to use it in your life or else it's not gonna come across that you're authentic and this is a product you'll use. And that's The Bond. There's plenty more to come. <laughs> 